Section 5 of A History of Our Own Times, Volume 4 by Justin McCarthy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 49 The Troubles in Jamaica, Part 3. Such is, we think, a fair statement of the case relied upon by the more reasonable of the defenders of Mr. Eyre. To this, the opposite party answered that, in fact, the insurrection, supposing it to have been an insurrection was all over before the floggings the hangings and the burnings set in not merely were the troops masters of the field but there was no armed enemy anywhere to be seen in the field or out of it they contended that men were not warranted in inflicting wholesale and hideous punishments merely in order to strike such terror as may prevent the possibility of any future disturbance as an illustration of the curious ethical principles which the hour called forth it may be mentioned that one of the best instructed and ablest of the london journals distinctly contended that excess of punishment would be fully justified as a means of preventing further outbreaks consider such was the argument what the horrors of a successful outbreak in jamaica might be or even of an outbreak successful for a few days consider what blood its repression would cost even to the negroes themselves and then say whether any one ought to shrink from inflicting a few superfluous floggings and hangings if these would help to strike terror and make new rebellion impossible even the flogging of women disagreeable work no doubt for english soldiers to have to do if it struck terror into their husbands and brothers and thus discouraged rebellion would it not too be justified one cannot better deal with this argument than by pushing it just a little further suppose the burning alive of a few women and children seemed likely to have a deterrent effect on disloyal husbands and fathers generally would it not be well to light the pile what would the torture and death of a score or so of women and children be when compared with the bloodshed which such a timely example might avert yet any sane man would answer that rather than that he would brave any risk and so we get to the end of the argument at once we have only arrived at an acknowledgment of the fact that the repression of insurrection like everything on earth has its restraining moral code which custom and civilization if there were nothing else must be allowed to establish the right of englishmen to rule in jamaica is a right which has to be exercised with and not without regard for human feelings and christian laws not a few persons endeavoured to satisfy their own and the public conscience by praising the virtues of governor eyre's career and casting aspersions on the character of the unfortunate gordon professor huxley disposed once for all of that sort of argument by the quiet remark that he knew of no law authorizing virtuous persons as such to put to death less virtuous persons as such the report of the commissioners was made in april eighteen sixty six it declared in substance that the disturbances had their immediate origin in a planned resistance to authority arising partly out of a desire to obtain the land free of rent and partly out of the want of confidence 
felt by the labouring class in the tribunals by which most of the disputes affecting their interests were decided that the disturbance spread rapidly and that mr eyre deserved praise for the skill and vigour with which he had stopped it in the beginning but that martial law was kept in force too long that the punishments inflicted were excessive that the punishment of death was unnecessarily frequent that the floggings were barbarous and the burnings wanton and cruel that although it was probable that gordon by his writings and speeches had done much to bring about excitement and discontent and thus rendered insurrection possible yet there was no sufficient proof of his complicity in the outbreak or in any organized conspiracy against the government and indeed that there was no widespread conspiracy of any kind of course this finished mr eyre's career as a colonial governor a new governor sir j p grant was sent out to jamaica and a new constitution was given to the island the jamaica committee however did not let the matter drop there they first called upon the attorney-general to take proceedings against mr eyre and some of his subordinates the government had meanwhile passed into conservative hands in consequence of the events which have yet to be told and the attorney-general declined to prosecute probably a liberal attorney-general would have done just the same thing then the jamaica committee decided on prosecuting mr eyre and his subordinates themselves they took various proceedings but in every case with the same result we need not go into the history of these proceedings and the many controversies legal and otherwise which they occasioned the bills of indictment never got beyond the grand jury stage the grand jury always threw them out on one memorable occasion the attempt gave the lord chief justice of england an opportunity of delivering the charge to the grand jury from which we have already cited some passages a charge entitled to the rank of an historical declaration of the law of england and the limits of the military power even in cases of insurrection mr carlyle found great fault with the chief justice for having merely laid down the law of england lordship he wrote if you were to speak for six hundred years instead of six hours you would only prove the more to us that unwritten if you will but real and fundamental anterior to all written laws and first making written laws possible there must have been and is and will be coeval with human society from its first beginnings to its ultimate end an actual martial law of more validity than any other law whatever the business of the lord chief justice however was not to go in philosophical quest of those higher laws of which mr carlyle assumed to be the interpreter his was the humbler but more practical part to expound the laws of england and he did his duty the prosecutions can hardly be said to have been without use which gave opportunity for this most important exposition from such high authority but they had no effect as against mr eyre even the chief justice who exposed with such just severity the monstrous misuse of power which had been seen in jamaica still left it to the grand jury to say whether after all considering the state of things that prevailed in the island the sudden danger the consternation and the confusion the proceedings of the authorities however mistaken 
were not done honestly and faithfully in what was believed to be the proper administration of justice after many discussions in parliament the government in eighteen seventy two once again a liberal government decided on paying mr eyre the expenses to which he had been put in defending himself against the various prosecutions and the house of commons after a long debate agreed to the vote by a large majority the jamaica committee were denounced by many voices and in very unmeasured language for what they had done yet no public body ever were urged on to an unpopular course by purer motives than those which influenced mr mill and his associates they were filled with the same spirit of generous humanity which animated burke when he pressed the impeachment against warren hastings they were sustained by a desire to secure the rights of british subjects for a despised and maltreated negro population they were inspired with a longing to cleanse the name of england from the stain of a share in the abominations of that unexampled repression yet we do not think on the whole that there was any failure of justice a career full of bright promise was cut short for mr eyre and for some of his subordinates as well and no one accused mr eyre personally of anything worse than a fury of mistaken zeal the deeds which were done by his authority or to which when they were done he gave his authority sanction were branded with such infamy that it is almost impossible such things could ever be done again in england's name even those who excused under the circumstances the men by whom the deeds were done had seldom a word to say in defence of the acts themselves the cruelties of that saturnalia of vengeance are absolutely without parallel in the history of our times perhaps the very horror they inspired the very shame of the few arguments employed to defend them may make for mercy in the future the one strong argument for severity on which so many relied when upholding the acts of mr eyre is curiously confuted by the history of jamaica itself that argument was that severity of an extraordinary kind was necessary to prevent the repetition of rebellion rigour of repression had been tried long enough in jamaica without producing any such effect during one hundred and fifty years there had been about thirty insurrections in some of which the measures of repression employed were sweeping and stern enough to have shaken the nerves of a couton and disturbed the conscience of a claverhouse the chief justice declared that there was not a stone in the island of jamaica which if the rains of heaven had not washed off from it the stains of blood might not have borne terrible witness to the manner in which martial law had been exercised for the suppression of native discontent the deeds therefore that were done under the authority of mr eyre found no plea to excuse them in the history of the past such policy had been tried again and again and had failed the man who tried it again in eighteen sixty five undertook the responsibility of defying the authority of experience as well as that of constitutional and moral law End of section five